Lord God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that your mercies are new every day and that your faithfulness is above and beyond all that we could imagine. And we just thank you and we thank you for your word. We pray that you speak to us today and uh, speak to us into what you would want us to know. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm actually quite excited about preaching today because all through the service, it was just confirming what I want to preach. The whole worship, what Benito said, just the, the, the whole theme of what's happening because I want us to really focus on the goodness of our God and who he is. And so our text for today is in Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40, 27, and I'm going to go right through to 31. And I believe God wants to speak to us from this about what he has provided for us. It says here, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? You see, already in this passage, you see that the writer is addressing people who are feeling like God has abandoned them. They're, they're saying, where are you, God? Why have you passed over me? Uh, why, why have you left me? Why don't I feel you like I used to feel you around me? That sort of thing. And I know we might want to get high and mighty and say, well, you know, they shouldn't feel like that. You know, God's always there. But I can guarantee that every one of us here have felt like that at some point in our life. Isn't that right? Who's felt like God might have overlooked them or might have abandoned them or left them in the lurch or that God's silent, that I just can't hear his voice like I used to. We've all felt like that. Maybe some of you even this week have said those words, where are you God? Where are you when I need you? But in this passage, it's really amazing because it goes on to say in the next part, he says, Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary, his understanding is unsearchable. So right there, the writer establishes straight away don't you know, haven't you heard, don't you understand that the God you serve is the creator of everything. He knows all, he understands all, he knows what is going on. He has not been caught surprised by the circumstance you find yourself in. And then it goes on to say in the next part of this passage, and we've all probably read this many times, he says, he gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even youths, even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Over the next couple of weeks, I want to share with you from this passage, especially from verse 31, where it says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. I want us to discover the truths that will unlock God's 
strength in our lives. And today, as I was preparing, I felt like normally I would say, let's start from the beginning. And we'd look at this passage and we'd go, let's talk about waiting upon God. But as I was preparing, I was reminded of the words that Damien preached uh, a few weeks ago, where he talked about none of us are good and that only God is good. And then last week, Norfei shared about the fact that it's not about us. Isn't that right? So often, even then Benito, as he was sharing about, about communion, about you know, we're just broken. It's all about what God has done for us. And last week at our men's breakfast, Andrew Turner said something really powerful that has really stuck with me. He said these words. He said, we will never know who we are until we know who God is. I'll say that again. We will never know who we are until we know who God is. And so today, I want to start with the one who promises to renew our strength. I want to start this whole couple of weeks of sermons focusing on he who is good. The one who it is all about. I want us to focus on God. Because when when we understand who is offering us strength and what he is actually offering us, then we'll have no problems with waiting on him. We'll have no problems with that concept when we understand who is offering us strength, as this passage says. This passage gives us a very powerful insight into the heart of the God that we serve. It says there, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. You see, the key word in this passage is not wait. The key word in this passage is renew. This renewed strength that God is promising, this renewed strength that God is saying he wants to give us when we wait upon him, this is not just a second wind. Sometimes when we think about renewed strength, we go, oh, you know, we just take a break, we have a rest, we wait on God, we just wait on God we rest and and then it gives you time to catch your breath you might even have a sandwich or you might even have your drink bottle and you chuck some fluids in rehydrate and I, I feel better I can go again that's not what this passage is talking about it's not talking about that kind of renewing of your strength what it's what God is actually saying and what he's talking about is that he is talking about giving us a strength like we have never had before. This is all about God's heart. God's heart is to strengthen us, but he doesn't want to give us just enough to keep us going. He wants to give us a strength like we've never known. This is the God we serve. He is a generous God. He is not holding back, but he is wanting to bless us he is wanting to give us strength and he is generous about that the word renew that we see up there it actually can be defined as exchange so what God is saying in this statement is that he wants to exchange our natural strength or dare I say our lack of natural strength 
Anyone relate to that? He wants to exchange our strength for his strength. He wants to exchange our lack of strength for his power and his strength. God says this numbers of times throughout his word. I could read you passage after passage. I'll just give you one from 2 Chronicles 16.9 where it says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. It tells us that our God, the God we serve, the God we believe in, is looking. He is, his eyes are ranging throughout the whole earth, looking for those whose hearts he can give strength to. This is the heart of our God. He's not sitting back and going, oh, I'm going to sit back today. I'm not going to worry about those people out there who believe in me. I'm just going to take a break and they can fend for themselves. No, he is active. He is engaged. He is saying, where are my people? I want to give them strength. I want to show them that they can do what they need to do. To put it simply, God wants to transform our lives with his strength and power. God is committed to restoring us to a place of right relationship with him where we can receive all the benefits of being connected to him. If I was to translate the passage, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. If I was to put it as simply as I possibly could, I would say that it is literally saying that those who put their trust in God will be changed. Those that put their trust in God will be transformed. Another way you could put it is, you could simply say, you can't have faith in God without your life being changed. This might challenge some of you today. But you need to know that God is for you. That God doesn't just want you to survive. God wants to bring strength into your life like you have never known. He wants to bring his supernatural power to you. He wants to give you strength. He wants to change you. He wants to transform you. He wants to grow you through his supernatural power. The Bible tells us numbers of times the type of things that he wants to strengthen us in or the types of things he wants to exchange with us. It says here in Isaiah 61, 3, God's saying to us that he wants to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. This is the God we serve. He wants to exchange... What's it say there? Your ashes, your mourning. He wants to take those things in your life, your brokenness, and he wants to exchange them for his beauty. He wants to take your mourning and exchange it for joy. He wants to give you a, a, a garment of praise for your spirit, spirit of heaviness. Let me say that in today's words. He wants to, to give you a garment of thanksgiving and thankfulness and gratefulness for, for that sense of discouragement and depression on your life. This is what God wants to do. We say this verse often, but in 2 Corinthians 12.9, God says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. God wants to exchange your... For your weakness, he wants to give you his power. This is God's promise 
to us. This is the God who wants to exchange. This is the God who wants to renew. This is the God we serve. We need to know who we serve before we can know who we are. And we need to know that our God wants to give us his power for our weakness. His grace is sufficient. Galatians 4. Do I turn it off? Ah, there it is. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Guess what, church? You're no longer a slave. You are now a child of God. God wants you to know that you are no longer a slave to sin. You are no longer a slave to all those things that you struggle with and find difficulty. And he wants you to know, no, I have now established you. I have exchanged your slavery for sonship. I have exchanged your slavery to whatever for being a child of God. How good is that, church? Does that excite you? It's got to excite you. Come on. This is God's word. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all, than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work in us. Guess what God wants to do? He wants to exchange your limited thinking with his power. He wants you to know, don't think too small. Don't think too little. Don't allow your, your thinking to limit you. Because our God can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. This is the God we serve. He wants his power to be at work within us. As I said earlier, the, the word renew means exchange. And the literal picture of the, of the time when it was written is that the idea of exchanging old clothes for new clothes. Who likes going shopping to buy new clothes? Yes, Jackie gets excited. What's that? I hate going shopping. Do you want to, do you want, do you want to know why? Because in those change rooms, the light is so bright that when you take your clothes off, you see yourself in reality and you go, oh my goodness. Isn't that true? It's like, oh, that's why I hate going shopping. It's like, I just, I just want to get, out, get the clothes and get out of there because I do not want to see that. Too much information? Oh, sorry. sorry. Anyway, but the idea is that we, you're exchanging an old garment for a new garment. Now, this is a really powerful concept in the Jewish culture of that day. It's a really powerful picture of the concept of covenant. See, God is literally, according to the original language, what God is saying is that he wants to give you a new outfit to wear. But it's, it's not even as simple as that. He wants to say that this outfit I want to give to you is a sign of my covenant relationship with you. Now, we don't use the word covenant a lot in this day and age. But so to help you understand what covenant is, covenant is, in a modern term, is what marriage is. Anyone been to a marriage ceremony? There's a lot of rigmarole. I do them often. 
and you have to sign a lot of papers because it's not just, oh, I just want to be your friend for the rest of my life. No, it's a lifelong commitment to say, I'm committing my life to you and you, the other person is committing their life to them and so that's the that's what covenant relationship is it's it's a a legal agreement between two or more parties to be in partnership and it's not easily broken anyone would know that if you've been through a divorce now, modern, marriage is a modern day example of what a covenant is but in the time of our passage we we do agreements and covenants by signatures these days so we go everyone, I, I do weddings all the time and the couple has to sign at least three or four times and you've got to sign your name again and again and again on a different form. It's a, it's a legal agreement, so this is a full-on commitment. It's not half-hearted. It's, I'm, I'm in this for everything I have. And, but in the time when this passage was written, when the passage from Isaiah was written, where it says, I shall renew your strength, and that idea of exchange, that idea of covenant, that I want to exchange your old for new. When they were to finalise the covenant, they didn't just do it. By, they didn't do it by signing their names. The way they showed their commitment was by exchanging clothes. They even went as far to exchange weapons uh, and exchange shields and things like that. But um, if it was really, really serious, they would, they would do it by, they would sign or seal it by the shedding of blood. That they would, that whole idea of being blood brothers, you know, remember that? Where you'd exchange blood? That concept. We, this is, to show you how this works, I, there's a story in the Bible about Jonathan and David. And it's in 1 Samuel 18, 3 and 4. And it says there, then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he, this is talking about Jonathan, because he loved him, David, as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. So this is a, a, an example of covenant relationship. Now, if you know the story, Jonathan is the son of Saul, the king of Israel at this time. And so Jonathan is his son. He's the prince of Israel. So what does that mean? Jonathan is in line to be next on the throne. Now, now he's made a relationship with David. And at this time, he knows David's actually God's chosen person to be next king. He made the commitment to him. At this time, he knows his father Saul wants to kill David he wants because of what's happened but Jonathan loves David so much he says I am giving you my sword I'm giving you my armor I'm giving you my princely robe as a sign that I am wholeheartedly committed to you I am I will protect you from my father this is the idea of covenant this is, I don't, I don't know about you, but think of this. The prince of Israel, second in command of the nation, commits himself to protecting you. Think of that in modern terms. Imagine 
the treasurer of Australia said, don't worry, Joyce, I'm going to look after you. You won't have any issue with money anymore. I'm, I've got you covered. I'm entering a covenant relationship with you. The, this is the concept that we have here. And this is the idea in Isaiah 40 that God is saying. This is the, I want to renew your strength. In other words, he is promising that he will be in covenant relationship with us. That he is committed to committing everything he has to us. He wants to exchange our, the Bible says it this way, he wants to exchange our filthy rags, our clothes, our mess, our, our rubbish for his robes. His robes of righteousness. So what God is saying is everything I have is yours. And I am committed, you, committed to you with everything I have. That's what God is saying in Isaiah. Everything I have is yours. And I am committed to you with everything I have. What a powerful picture. The picture there, in a nutshell, is the story of salvation. Is the good news that Damien talked about. That our good God has done everything to be in covenant relationship with us. Our good God in his son Jesus gave us his very best. And Jesus with his very life sealed the covenant relationship with his own blood. It's always been God's plan and desire to change our lives. To transform our lives. He wants to exchange our weakness for his strength. He wants to take our inadequacy and give us his all-sufficiency. He wants to take our lack for his gain. He wants to take our sinfulness and clothe us in his righteousness. We just did it now, but the greatest symbol of the covenant that God has made with us is the Lord's Supper, is communion. And in Matthew 26, 27, 28, Jesus said these words, Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. What did that cup represent? His blood. What was his blood shed for? So that we could have forgiveness when we were in separated from God because of sin in our life God made a way to exchange our sinfulness for his forgiveness that's the covenant Jesus has made with us that's what he did on the cross when Jesus went to the cross and gave his blood and life for all of mankind, he was establishing, as this verse says, a covenant between us and God. Jesus was taking, this is what the Bible says literally happened in 1 Peter, that he bore our sins upon himself. So what basically he's saying there is that he took our dirty rags and put them on himself on the cross. He, he took our sin upon him so that we would in exchange receive his robes of righteousness. Where we, were broke, where we are broken, 
He gives us wholeness, as Benito talked about. Where we were, when we were lost, he gave us a place to be found. This is the covenant. This is the great exchange. This is the amazing event of Christianity. This is the narrative of the God we serve, that he would exchange his very best for our worst. Because he wants to have relationship with us. It says it like this in 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he, talking about God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. How good is that? We who were sin are now the righteousness of God through Jesus this is the great exchange this is the renewing of strength that God is promising this is the supernatural exchange that God wants to give us when we read on in Isaiah 40 it it explains what salvation looks like what this renewing of the strength looks like and we love this passage who I I think my mum had one of those plaques up on the wall when I was a kid about the mounting up on eagles, eagles' wings. Eagles' wings. Uh, anyone like that? We love to quote this passage, don't we? Is it, this is, but it's, when we understand that it's God who does this for us, that he is tra- wants to transform us to this place, this is where it's real. When we understand this is what God wants to do for us or has done for us, then that brings strength to your life. They shall mount up with eagles, <laughs> with eagles' wing. No, I've got the wrong translation there. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I don't know about you, but that sounds like salvation to me. Um, usually in in Jewish literature, when you see a triplet like this, where they shall mount up with wings like eagles, they shall run. When you, the Jews would start with the least and go up to the best or the most high. And if we read this in, in our Western thinking, we go, well, no, it's starting with the best and then going down to the least. But that's not how it was written. It was actually starting with the least and going to the best. So the last thing is actually the most important thing that God wants us to know. Now that might mess with your thinking because you're going, God, I want to fly with eagle's wings. Isn't that right? I want to be up there. That's the most important thing. But God is actually saying to us, no, the most important thing is that you walk and not faint. That the most important thing, the thing that matters most is that you know him and that you know that you don't ever have to give up because God is always with you and reaching the finish line is what matters most. Being in it for the long haul. All we need to do is put our trust and hope in him and then he gives us this idea that you can keep going and you don't have to give up. 
It's a fantastic picture of salvation for so many of us. When we first become Christians, we feel like we're flying on eagle's wings. Isn't that right? We're on cloud nine. Life's changed. God's taken my sinfulness and given me wholeness. He's, he's made me a child of God. I'm no longer a slave. This is amazing. Isn't that right? This is great. This is fantastic. And then, you know, we learn to run, run and not be weary. But at the end of the day, what matters most and what is more important is that we would trust God for the long haul. That we would keep walking the way God has called us and not faint, not give up, not turn around and walk the other way, but keep going where God would ask us to go. The truth is, in our faith journey, there are many obstacles. I know that, I've experienced them, and I know all of you have. I remember hearing someone preach about this one day, and they talked about the fact that obstacles are there first and foremost to help us understand that God is with us and we are never alone. And the preacher likened the obstacles to walls. And uh, when we put our trust in God and we face a wall, sometimes God gives us the power to fly over walls, to raise, rise up like eagle's wings and, and just go over the wall without any trouble. Some of our obstacles are overcome quite easily. Then there's other obstacles that we, that we run at and we leap over or we run through a wall that is in our way and, and, and we learn to do that and some obstacles are overcome in that way. But the reality is that there are some obstacles in our life that are so challenging, that are so difficult and so hard that the strength that God gives us is the strength to just walk and keep walking until you walk around the wall it's not about going over or through or under it's like god i'm just going to keep walking until i come to the end of this wall and then you will bring me through it you see at the end of the day the miracle is the strength not to give up but to keep on walking tonight i'm going to come to a close but i really believe God wants us to understand that he is in the business of changing lives. That we serve a God who wants to transform your life. He wants to exchange your fear for faith. He wants to exchange your anxiety for peace. Your unbelief with trust. He wants to exchange your weakness for strength. Your sadness for joy. Your loss for gain your brokenness for wholeness. He wants to exchange your grief for healing, your sin for his righteousness. This is the narrative of the gospel. This is the good news, that God has entered a covenant with us through his son, Jesus Christ. And the blood Jesus shed on the cross has sealed that covenant. This covenant means he never changes the way he feels about you and me. Listen to that for a moment. The covenant that God has made with us promises us that he never changes the way he feels about you and me. Our God is all in. 
He has done everything required for us to receive the benefits of this covenant. We need to understand that this covenant is not dependent upon our circumstances. Like the people in this passage, God, why have you abandoned me? They're, they were in a situation where they felt like God had abandoned them. No, our circumstances don't dictate the way God feels about you. God is fully committed. This covenant is above our circumstances. And it reminds us that I can get through this because the God who exchanged my rags for robes is with me. That's what gets you through. That because of what He has done, He has given me His righteousness. I can do this. Next week I'm going to look at the whole idea of waiting upon the Lord but I believe tonight God wants to remind us of the covenant he has established with us this covenant to exchange our brokenness for his wholeness that he would want to give us new clothes for our old clothes this is the great God we serve and I believe tonight just as we come to a close that God wants us to do an exchange tonight to make an exchange because sometimes we get caught up in our circumstances and we can't see God through all the stuff we're going through but God wants you to know He is for you He has not forgotten you He has not overlooked you He is with you because He has shown us in the covenant that Jesus paid with His blood that covenant that he sealed with his blood shows us that he is committed to us no matter what. No matter how broken you might feel or how low you might feel right now, God is fully committed to you. He's done it all. It is done. It is finished. And tonight, I want to give you the opportunity to bring those troubles that you have those obstacles that you're facing and bring them to Him. And I believe God wants to exchange and wants to give you a revelation that He wants to give you the strength you need. Maybe for some of you, He'll give you strength to fly, others strength to run. But for some of us, He's just going to give us the strength to keep walking, just to keep walking. I'm not going to give up, God. I'm just going to keep doing what you've asked me to do I'm going to keep walking towards you I'm going to keep walking with you I'm going to keep walking where you want me to walk where you want me to go I'll just keep walking I'm not going to stop so right now I'm going to ask everyone to stand and I know we've all got different troubles and different things different struggles but I want to give you a moment right now to give them to Him. If you could just close your eyes. I'm going to take a moment to wait upon Him. Take a moment to allow Him to renew our strength. As we do, if you want to lift your hands, feel free to lift your hands. If you want to do some sort of symbol of giving those 
those things that you're carrying over to Him, to exchange with Him. Maybe it's a, a sin that you've been struggling with and you just say, God, I give it to you and just receive back His forgiveness. Maybe it's a sickness that you're carrying and you just say, God, I just give it to you. And in exchange, He wants to give you strength and healing and wholeness. Maybe it's anxiety and worries and concerns and you give them to Him and He will exchange with you His peace. Whatever you need tonight, exchange it with Him right now. God, I pray for every person here in this place. You know where exactly they are at the moment. I just pray that right now in this moment, in this sacred moment, in this moment of holiness between them and you, that you would come and renew their strength. Come and exchange with them. Come and remind them of your full commitment to them. That you gave them your, your very best. That they are now clothed in your righteousness. That they are now children of God. That they are now heirs. They are beneficiaries of all that you have. God, let them know that they know that they know how good you are. And that in you is everything they need. Lord, that's our prayer. That we would walk in that strength, knowing that you are walking with us. That you are committed to us in covenant relationship. Lord, help us see that. Not just with physical eyes, but with spiritual eyes. That we would live differently, knowing who we are in you knowing the God we serve and how amazing you are will help us live the lives you've called us to live. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a fantastic public holiday tomorrow. Enjoy it and encourage one another on your way out.